Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone. Oh, hi everyone. Nemo here. Welcome back to the channel. Today is a sad day. We bid farewell to the Litchfield England stake. For the first time in the history of the church, certainly in England, we have bid farewell to a stake. And so naturally I put out the bat signal of post-Mormonism to the Britvengers and decided I would summon them and we'd all have a good chat about what's going on here on our little island. Here's PD, here's Jane, here's Laura and Julian, and uh, there's someone I'm missing. Who am I missing? Oh, that's right. It's Peter. Hello, Peter. How are you? Hey. I'm well, thank you. Woo! <laughs> that sounded Hi, like a Janet and John. Hello, Peter. Hello, Paul. <laughs> Through the square window. <laughs> <laughs> Already we've started with the niche British cultural references and it will not get any better hey, tonight. It, it's Jubilee Day. We can be as niche and eccentric as we like. They just Absolutely. Happy anniversary of her long and illustrious reign to... Uh, her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, she has been at this for 70 years now. Um, it's amazing, actually. We're dealing with two lots of geriatric leadership. We have our Queen, who's about the same age as Russell M. Nelson. Uh, two more different people you couldn't possibly think of, really. What do you guys reckon? The Queen versus Russell M. Nelson. Hands. Yeah? Oh, the Queen's quite edgy, though. To be fair, the Queen's had tea with Paddington Bear, and she's got every mm -hmm. rock star, and uh, you know that we have sitting yeah, outside we... her bedroom window. The Queen, yeah, she's. I think she's got the edge personally. Mm. I don't, I don't think is... you want to get me started on this, Dougie. <laughs> what on whether and the Queen no, or Russell Nelson not... make a better profit? Shush. Shush. No, Republican. Not, not a fan. <laughs> not, I've got Stop nothing him. against it personally. Nothing against her personally, but uh, if we're going to have a royal family, we're going to kind of play the whole history card. I think we could re, you know, we should stick with the tradition where if I kill her, I get to be king. Can you yeah. Oh. Yes. I, re I reckon. I'm, I reckon Sounds I'm like treason. Right. Okay, so uh, <laughs> that was our pop quiz to begin with. Who would be a better prophet, Russell yeah, Nelson? What the hell are these people talking uh, about? Let's move swiftly on, shall we? I am going to show you what happened today in Litchfield. So today in Litchfield, what we saw was the closing down of a stake. And it was kind of sold to people as the growth of another stake. It was spun in all kinds of ways. We'll get into that later, but there's a quick it's a couple of minute video that I just want to show you all so we can see exactly what went down. Let's put it on the stream. An exciting day in the history of the church in this area. <clears throat> Two incredibly important things have happened. Firstly, the announcement of the new mission office in Sutton Coalfield, and the announcement of a temple to be built in the Birmingham area. Under the direction of the First Presidency, we're here to further strengthen the stakes and units in this area and establish a firm foundation for future growth. It is therefore proposed that we release Mark Gilbert Hamilton as president of the Litchfield England State, and Alan Albert Foster as first councillor, and Jonathan Neil Baker 
as a second councillor. We've also extended an armor release to the following as members of the Litchfield High Council. Those in favour manifest it. It is proposed that we release as members of the state presidency, state release side presidency, lesser, yeah, we don't need to sustain a release, do we? <laughs> there we go. So we give a vote of thanks to those who have been released. There we go. You know what, it's a long list. We're here all for a bit longer. I've got two more, I'm sure. All other state officers are also released. Those who can join me in a vote of thanks, please do so with the uplifted hand. Okay. I've written in my notes, take a break. <laughs> <laughs> It is proposed that we release from the Birmingham State President Paul Wilkinson, um, Brother Martin John Ward, First Councillor, and John Conlon, Second Councillor. With the volume of business that we've just undertaken, if you haven't been spoken to personally yet, we are truly grateful for your dedicated service. Can we give those who have been released a vote of thanks by the uplifted hand? Okay. Um, under approval from the First Presidency, the Solly Hall and Redditch Wards are transferred to the England Coventry State. The remaining wards in the Litchfield and Birmingham stakes will amalgamate into a new strengthened Birmingham England State. There will also be some realignment of ward boundaries within the Birmingham, new Birmingham stake, which will be announced at a local level next Sunday. For your information, the units included in this will be Wolverhampton 1, Wolverhampton 2, Cannock, and Litchfield, Stourbridge, Kiddyminster, and Wood Seton. Here we go. So if you'll unmute yourselves for a moment, uh, let's get him off screen. So that was the announcement. Uh, and before any of you asked, that was a publicly available uh, Zoom link. Anyone could just sign themselves on and watch that if they had the link. So that link was distributed. Uh, so yeah. We were able to get on, see this historic moment unfold. Oh, Nemo live. Why? I was sat at the front with my phone right in front of him <laughs> with a little Brit Benger sign. And he, he was like, yes, I want him to get some good footage. <laughs> did He saw you and did a little twirl. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this announcement, everyone? Let's get initial thoughts. Start with you, PD. Uh, bound to happen. It will happen more. I think this is kind of the straw that's broken the camel's back and the rest will follow. There's already mm -hmm. um, the polls on the ex-Mormon blogosphere to see which stake in the UK is next to fall. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the, don the dominoes are going, but it was predictable that they would uh, pujazzle the whole thing and try and uh, <laughs> roll that turd in glitter. Yes. 
Who's leading in the poll at the moment? Do you know? Uh, I'll take a look and get back to you on it. Perfect. Jane, please tell me your thoughts on, on this. I I feel it um, was a bit like the same thing that happens at a Mormon funeral, that everything is just so wonderful that they have died and there is no mourning whatsoever. Nobody's saying, this is really sad and this is a bit crap in a lot of ways. Um, it's all okay. It's all focusing on what's happening next and... You know, just no time to no time to process. Just here we are, and it's wonderful. Go. Mm. Yeah, and someone here makes a very point. Says so, they're all being sent to Coventry. Not quite, Alyssa, but you are using that phrase correctly. Uh, yes, some wards, Redditch and Solihull, have indeed been sent to Coventry. Um, which, speaking of being sent to Coventry and the joining of Solihull Ward, uh, Laura and Julian. I want to get your reactions as you are members of the Solihull Ward. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, we're back in Coventry now. So we originally came from Coventry mm-hmm. um, and have lots of family in Coventry stake. Uh, we went to Solihull, which was poached to go into Birmingham stake, and now it's back. So, yeah, there was actually a state president there who joked about this back to Coventry twice. Um, can, I, reason. can I claim special status here? Because mm-hmm. I belong to every one of those states. So I used to be in Litchfield Stake, then Coventry Stake, then and, and that was that was all in the same unit. So Litchfield, then Coventry, then Solihull Hall moved to Birmingham, like Laura said. So yeah, I've been a member of all, all three of those um, those stakes, um, and of course, it was always they were never going to get rid of Birmingham. So even though they've they've kind of, I, I, I don't know the, the stats, but I would be at all surprised if the Litchfield Stake hadn't had a, a higher membership than Birmingham Stake because I know that Birmingham Stake has, has been massively hit recently. But, of course, we have to keep the Birmingham Stake because there's going to be a Birmingham Temple that's mm-hmm. probably going to be in the Coventry Stake, <laughs> like, <laughs> geographically. <laughs> I know, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre, um, yeah. So I, I, um, I, so we're from, we were from Birmingham Stake and now Stake Centre was, was um, Harborn. So I went to Harborn today. Um, and was there watching it uh, virtually. Mm-hmm. And there was some tension, um, was conversations that I became aware of where people were a little bit confused. You know, they're having this message of optimism mixed with this idea of closure and it's confusing mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a bit of tension there. It is. It's a massive juxtaposition to say, oh, this is all brilliant. We're all growing. It's great. And then at the same time, we're losing a stake. And there's no there's no other way to frame it They've tried and we'll get to that, but there's no real other way to frame it other than a stake has disappeared. It has been absorbed by another. Julian? I mean, you you, you sorry, oh, you, you say that, but they did frame it a different way. This mm-hmm. <laughs> It's sorry. framed as growth. Sorry. There's no valid other way to frame it, right? There's no legitimate other way to frame it because you can try and make it look like growth, but how does growth ever lead to... How does growth ever lead to closing a stake? Yeah, I agree. I, I don't understand it's, it, Peter. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's like on the Titanic, you know, the captain saying, uh, we're not sinking, we're just making it easier for you to swim. You know, it's yeah. like... We're lowering we... the diving boards. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, they did say later on that the Litchfield stake has grown and progressed into the Birmingham mm-hmm. stake. Yeah. So, they did. Peter, what are your gymnastics. thoughts on the announcement? Well, the, I think it's a tipping point. 
um you know this is why we're talking about it. it's a watershed moment it is the moment that the rapid and accelerating descent of uh of oblivion the the you know theme park ride into a giant hole in the floor uh, is just about to kick off and and there are so many other wards and states that are just at the same numerical mess so I think we're all agreed this is highly likely to begin a process where this is going to just start happening everywhere. It will have to if the church is going to maintain viable wards. Um, and I think, well, I can't remember what the exact data was when we we're doing the, the preview speculation. We were looking at the data of loss over the last 10 years of active members. And they have in that area already lost hundreds of active members. Mm. You know, they've they've already lost the equivalent of several wards um, as far as active membership goes. So this is just acknowledging that reality, really, sort of tidying things up. But I wonder if they, I mean, obviously there's been some focus from HQ on this area because they've decided to put a temple there or the temple might be a response mm-hmm. to staggering decline of membership in that particular area. But it makes you wonder if maybe this would have already happened in other states if they had a reason to pay attention to them. Um, because there are a lot that are really hanging by a thread now. Um, but anyway, either way, it's once they've normalised it, it's gonna. I, th- I think other state presidencies must be mm. aware that they might be next. Now, just before we get to a map which PD is very kindly prepared for us, um, just before we get to that, I want to show you a clip while he looks panicked and tries to get back up on the screen. Uh, <laughs> I want to show you a clip um, of some just a, a taste a flavor of some of the spin that was put on this by the presiding area 70 elder turvey here we go however you are affected by this that today absolutely nothing has come to an end today is the culmination of the efforts the dedication the service of each of you in these three stakes over the last 50 years or so, or however many years these uh, stakes have existed. So thank you. And uh, we now have a great opportunity to progress. A great opportunity to progress. That is what he is saying. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It is ridiculous. That's liking 101. It's like, no, it's great. It's growth. You've got there. We wanted to shrink. That was the whole point all along. This is what we've been working towards for 50 years. 50 years. You in Litchfield Stake, you have gone out, you have ministered, you have served, you have tried to bring your friends to church, you've tried to keep people active who want to leave. You've done all these things. And your reward, the basis for our growth, is that we have got rid of your stake and we've joined you up with Birmingham. Um, Well done. Can I jump in here? So Mm -hmm. I I know that we're all laughing about this, okay, but something really huge in um, our mental health and brain function happens when people do this to us. This is one of the, the reasons that people often cite for leaving the church when you are saying something is happening and I can see with the evidence of my own eyes that it isn't um it, it's very disturbing this this is cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. this as soon as and as soon as people start recognizing that they start seeing it everywhere 
Um, I have OCD and lots of these rituals that play out in, in my mind. I, I sort of, I, I get very disturbed by this type of, no, it's not really happening. There was never a stake, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I start to get really freaked out about it. But, you know, that I think this is the reason why most of us, that what happened today was the reason why most of us started podcasting in the first place, I think, because there's this huge crisis about to hit no one's talking about it because everyone's so wonderful so let's talk about it let's let's unpack what's really really going on and there is no response to real life happening in that whatsoever we're just going to keep on with this narrative and not talk about okay this is going to affect a lot of people this is going to be inconvenient possibly and here are the real reasons why we're doing it couldn't that be okay? Is it shameful? No. <laughs> this is a short answer. But Jane, thank you very much for speaking to that. PD, please. Sorry. Um, so Peter was just talking about some data we were looking at earlier. Mm -hmm. And I have the data on the screen now. Yep. And it shows something really interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned, let me see if I can just zoom in. Yeah, here. you're going to so have to zoom that. We've got highlighted the Birmingham and Litchfield stakes just here. But if we look at these numbers, mm -hmm. so this is as of 2020 pre-COVID. So the size of the stakes, we've got 383 attending in Birmingham, 539 attending in Litchfield. Mm -hmm. But that gives us a pre-COVID combine of the two stakes of 928 and mm -hmm. several times today they bragged about the fact that the new Birmingham stake was only 700 people or was 700 people now I know they've taken Solihull and thingy out of that but that's a couple of hundred um you know missing there mm -hmm. what was Solihull like I guess I'm asking um Julian and Laura we got so I understand that Redditch is about 25 30 and um, I think that you probably get a good solid solid 50 to 70. You, yeah, I would have said about 60. Yeah. So you're losing about 100, 100 so, members. About 150 Combined, people. Yeah. So COVID, the impact of COVID possibly was about 150 people on the state. Hmm. Wesley Boy agrees and thinks that's terrific work, PD. Thank you very much, Wesley Boy, for your kind donation. Super um, smooth. But yeah, no, I, I was looking at that earlier when we were talking in the group chat and I said, oh, those numbers kind of work out, but I didn't take a close look. So thanks for doing that because it does reveal by their own admission, a reduction in the number of people attending in that geographic area. So yeah. if we if we were to, and we won't spend the time to do this now, but if we got our friend Chris Mace involved, he could essentially look at those numbers. He could look at that loss that we've seen across these two stakes and by using their percentages that they shrank over the 10 years, if you took that and made that linear across all the other states, you could work out roughly what the new numbers would be to date. So Christmas, if you're watching, uh, that is your new assignment. Okay, so um, PD, can you show us that map, please? Because I think people want uh, yeah, to see not... what the new boundaries look like. Here we are. Here's what the new boundaries look like. So do you want to just walk us through how things will have changed? This is pre, uh... I will say, this is pre the further adjustments that they said will be made in the next couple of weeks on a more local level. They will make some adjustments. Well, I think here, if we look at a side by side. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, we've got we've got the three stakes as they were the pink, the blue and the poo. Mm -hmm. 
Um, uh, <laughs> the poo being uh, Litchfield. They have successfully polished that turd. They've turned they it have. blue. They have. They've, They've pajazzled turned... it beautifully. They've it in... rolled it in blue glitter. In topaz. It's awesome. Yeah. Sorry. So uh, so we can see the Solihull and Redditch wards down here have been sent to the pink side. Um, and yeah, they've rolled the poo in glitter and made it mm -hmm. blue. So nice. this is the new Birmingham state up here. Um, the other interesting thing I thought was if we go to the church map here, mm -hmm. um, the these are the ward boundaries and the Solihull ward, which is this purple line here, that is now the new Coventry stake border, mm -hmm. comes right through the centre of Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was interesting when I looked at it, because I'm like, it's, it's weird that half of Britain's second city, the church is that messed up, that half of it is actually in, in a, a Coventry state, which is miles away. And were you or were you right. not told by a source, PD, where the new temple's going to be? Yes. So from right. um, what I believe to be a very reliable source, i.e. someone who has worked on this new temple already, um, knows that that new temple will be in Solihull. Um, nice. I called it. Promised land. And so, and so yep. I do want to, I want to share, um, I want to share a video clip of, uh, of talking about the urgency of the, um, of the need to get to the new temple and talking about where this new temple is going to be. All right. Let me, let me see if it's in this clip here. This is some of the, this is some more of the spin that was put around this um, all these announcements, and I do believe it contains Elder Turvey being as Elder Turvey has been throughout this conference, um, just a little bit smarmy, really. Two harsh, important announcements pertaining to this area have happened away this year. First of all, the, the location of the mission office back to St. Crawford. In many ways, it doesn't make a lot of difference um, where the mission office is, but what it does do, it brings a focus. Back. You know, the mission office, although it's still in the Birmingham mission, the office had moved to Bristol. Um, but now we're going to have a mission office back in Sutton Coalfield, there in um, there in Penn's Lane. Again, as Elder Stewart said, <clears throat> I don't think anybody in this country would have said the next temple in the United Kingdom was going to be in Birmingham. <laughs> I had a call last December um, from the Special Projects Department asking me my view on sites for the, the temple here. It was a confirmation to me of um, revelation or inspiration or feeling I had had that great things are going to happen in this area. We also have the area presidency moving back to the United Kingdom. Now, they're not going to be in Solihull or Litchfield, they're going to be in the South. But again, that is bringing focus back to the United Kingdom. Since I was called to Area 72 years ago, I have felt, and I know the other Area 70s in this country have felt, things are about to happen in the United Kingdom. And I am certain that you, this stake, you are going to be at the center of those wonderful miracles that we're going to see in the coming years. Yeah, so he knows. There's another clip, which we'll come to a little bit later, where he actually alludes to, oh, it's, it'll be with a half an hour of people. Um, but as we go through the clips, we'll come to that one. Uh, I like the yeah. way he knocked down quite quickly when revelation, inspiration, a feeling that I had. Yeah, <laughs> it was a real step down, wasn't it? But, yeah. but did, did anyone else, um, as you were watching this, get the idea that they were straight up lying to people when the Area 70 stood up and they all said, oh, I don't know where the new temple's going to be. And then later on he says, 
I don't know where the new temple's going to... Oh, well, I knew where the preferred site was in December, mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, you know where the new temple's going to be. You're just being a douchebag about it. <laughs> but if if we look at the map one second for people's yeah, yeah, yeah. One reference, second. Yeah. he mentioned there the new mission office in Penn's Lane. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and that is here in Sutton Coalfield, this little thing. And then the new temple will be just down the road, literally 10 minutes, which would make sense mm -hmm. um, in Solihull, which is just down here, where, according to Julian, the ancient Garden of Eden was. So it makes sense that they've got the mission office and the true. temple true. in spitting, dif spitting distance of one another. I did do my Brummy accent the other night, I think, in regards to this Garden of Eden story. Julian, please save me from that. Um, no, I was just going to... I, I, I won't talk about your supposed Brummie accent, um, Nemo. Um, but I just think it is worth pointing out that, of course, the the um, the area headquarters used to be in Soli Hall. Mm -hmm. um, they changed... They, they moved to Frankfurt. I don't know why... Um, I think people cynical because I, we were in Soli Hall. A lot of the the members of of Soli Hall um, worked at the church offices. The church offices were in Soli Hall. The ward was decimated. It half down the middle. We yeah. thought it was us. We just turned up a couple of weeks before. And they just all evacuated, but half of them mm. went to Frankfurt. Well, that's what we're going with. That <laughs> they, they moved to Frankfurt. It had nothing to do with us. But yeah, it had a massive impact. So you got a lot of families that got up and move, and and certainly the kind of cynical people not us because we're not cynical but the cynical people were saying well it's moved to frankfurt because um president monson served in germany he loves germany and now you've got president uckdorf on the first presidency as well so it was just you know that's why it was done it, it might be that it could be something else i don't know now they're moving it back um within in less than 10 years isn't it yeah, yeah but it's, it's going to london yeah. which expensive yeah it's so, high so Wickham, right? those, those poor people that have had to relocate to germany and now we're going to be moving back um but to um to to london now instead but also the whole mission office thing as well i'm pretty sure that it was there before it was in wild under the the so-called yeah. wild green yeah. site before so you know it's like again it's like it's amazing amount. Oh, isn't it fantastic? And we've now got the mission off. No, you've just moved it back. It was there before. Yeah. You're just moving, just moving things around again. We we're changing, we're you know, we're deck rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. You know, and yeah. going, isn't this wonderful? It's almost like they're gradually undoing the mistakes of the past twenty years, and then saying, as a consolation prize, here's a temple. Yeah, almost. But they're putting a focus on us, aren't they? They're putting a focus on. Ooh. Yeah. Pete, which, uh, Peter, implies what they, which just implies they didn't give a monkeys in Frankfurt about us, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're that's giving the game away a bit, isn't it? You know, like you have to be in a place to care about it. Um, I think there's uh, a, just to sort of triangulate this a bit globally, we had um, Jacob Schramm, in the, who's a, return, a few years ago returned missionary from Mexico. Um, in the comments saying that while he was there, they closed eight stakes in his area in Mexico. I say, I mean, we know about the massive Latin American consolidation because of epic baseball baptisming there. 
and that Elder Holland spent ages doing the same in Chile while Brad Wilcox was the mission president there. And um, and also I got a message from Doug, who's in Tennessee, who said that his former state president made a comment in Sunday school that the church is always one generation away from failure, um, which again speaks to people all around the world having this consciousness that things are starting to collapse, that we're at risk. You know, we if the next generation doesn't do something extraordinary, we're done. And um, and Jacob is now in, I think, in Utah or somewhere in more in the Heartland area. And he says most of the members in his ward are retired people. You know, it's the elderly, which is certainly starting to increase here as well. So when they die, there's nothing left. Um, so this is, you know, this is a phenomenon that's going on across the world. It's worse in some countries than here, but this is our moment to join in the screaming fall, free fall into a giant hole in the floor unless something radical changes. And and that's kind of my final point for now is that they they have to be offering some kind of big miracle because otherwise this just means defeat and failure and shrinkage and and that, so I'm pleased to hear them at least having some kind of ambition for something big to happen. But I really doubt any of them have the first clue what it is that's going to save them because they refuse to talk about why the people are really leaving. And mm. that's what we are offering in our podcasts, in the whole Bloggernackle community. There's that and Thrive. There's just thousands and thousands of very experienced Latter-day Saints who, who can't bring themselves to go anymore um for the reasons they left and they'll they'll they can explain it all and they can tell the church what it can do to save itself but they've got to start listening to us they've got to really get out if they do the same as they've always done what we're about to see my prediction is once again the complete failure of hasten the work Thomas S. Monson tried hasten the work which had zero new ideas of any kind whatsoever it was a last attempt to make all the defunct systems that didn't work work just by saying you have to actually do them this time work harder do it more and more quickly and that's all i've heard so far from anyone in the last few years in local leadership and in the british rescue there were no new ideas of any kind and no analysis of why the collapse is happening beyond blame the world so the world's got suddenly more wicked mm -hmm. when our church grew while the rest of britain lost its religion you know, the stuff we're losing now grew while Britain lost its religion. Secularism and the modern age is not the excuse. Mm. It's not the reason the Internet is. That's the, yes. That's the difference. Mm. Truth. People but then, but truth. then they wanted, they just want people in the temple now. They just want people with temple recommends. Um, I think uh, now's as good a time as any to share this yeah. clip. Jane, before we do, please. Yeah, sorry, because people going, focusing on temple attendance, it's kind of the low hanging fruit. It's strengthening the people who are going, to, they're going to go to the temple anyway. You're, if you're going to be asked to go a little bit more often, that's going to happen. These people will do it and they will go more often and the temple will continue to run um, at, and things will be shuffled around to facilitate that. But I, I, I don't know, I just want to really underline something that Peter's saying. Yeah, stakes have closed. It's not new in the church to see stakes and missions close. It's new here that, you know, the UK, the part it's played in church history to see this happen in the UK is shocking and is historic. And 
you know, I've never experienced anything like it because there hasn't been anything like it here in the UK. So we're allowed to be rocked by this. And Peter's absolutely right. You know, that it does require um, the next generation to be doing something miraculous. But the thing is, they already bloody well are. You know, and I'm agreeing with what you're saying. We've got Jana Reese, who's done incredible research, is telling you what they, you know, they are thinking. We've got the generations of podcasters, of TikTokers, of the, the work of affirmation. You've got um, people who will put their religion on the line to say this is not right and this is not working. Central, as I mentioned on the PD's previous uh, previous show. There are ways that we have to creatively change to address the people who are going to get left behind in these changes. These changes will work for the strong. People will continue to fall away if you do not do something about it. Um, and, and digital communication plays such a huge part in that. So I, I don't think it's um, a case of waiting for leaders to come and tell us what the big plan is. I think it needs to be the fact that if we're going to look at it like a faithful member of the church, then we can see that God is already doing his work on the earth and listen to the the daughters and your children as they prophesy. Just listen. Just listen. Uh, Laura, you had a point. Yeah, just to bolt on, I I, I agree. I, I fail to see or I struggle to see that the church don't know what the problems are. If you in receipt of any of the surveys that come around, um, they are saying all of the right things in terms of being able to work out what the problems are. Um, you know, you'll go through a multiple choice question and very often the answers are all there. They know the, what the answers are. They know what the problems are. Um, I think it's a numbers game for them. I think they're trying to work out, cynical part of me thinks they're working out how long they can prolong this version of Mormonism with the stalwart tithe payers before they flip onto the more progressive version to keep the new ones. Mm. Right, so. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. Oh, go on then, Julian. Um, well, I mean, I, obviously... well, well, sleep with one eye open tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh dear so I, I i agree obviously you know those, those surveys yeah that it's clear from the surveys that somebody has to some extent got the finger on the pulse that the, the problem is that the people who've got the power have, have, haven't got much of a pulse you know it's a, it's a different it's a different situation with the the, the people that are actually running the show and yeah. you know that's what you get that's what you get when you have a system where the winner is the person that that doesn't die. The winner is the person that manages to stay along alive for the longest. You know, as we saw with um, with President Monson, you know, we're not willing to retire people when they get to to a position where they're they're not able to fulfil their their calling. And so, it's you know, I'm sure there are lots and lots of meetings where you get people presenting them this information, presenting them with the data. And I think it just dies there and they go, oh, that's interesting. And then they just carry on with, with what they were saying before, because they don't, they don't need to question anything, do they? They're part of a system that tells them that they are wonderful, that they're better than everybody else. Um, they're God's, you know, not are they, not only are they God's chosen people, they're 
God's chosen people amongst God's chosen people, you know. Mm-hmm. So why on earth would they, they question for God? Do right? Different? Exactly. We've so, seen so these think... presentations, haven't we, that they get given? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? yeah. It's brilliant. But... If anybody, if there's anybody watching these that, that doesn't know what we're talking about, there were some videos that were posted by oh, Mormon, Mormon leaks. leaks. I think it might be truth yeah. and transparency, but I don't know if it's. It might Mormon leaks be... is still the YouTube. Mormon leaks is still the YouTube channel. I'll put a yeah, link in the it... description. It's it's brilliant. It's absolutely fascinating because it kind of gives you a behind the scenes um, view of of some of these meetings. And you know, I've had conversations with people in the you know people that are active in the church that kind of say, "Oh, these these men, these fifteen men, you know, they know what's going on in the world. They know what's going on. They know better than all the world leaders." You, you know, they believe that, that the world leaders contact them <laughs> to get information because these people really know what they're talking about watch watch one of those those videos and you realize they haven't got a clue they haven't got a clue what's going on they are are not informed and all they seem to really care about at the moment is just getting people into the temple i'm going to show you this beautiful little clip of um it doesn't matter just get yourself into temple right I'm going to follow this advice that comes up in this video. I'm going to go to my bishop next week because I haven't been able to get a temple recommend so far. This may just turn the tides in my favor. Can you imagine that you are going to have a temple in your state? And um, I don't need the geography. I'll be really surprised if it's more than half an hour from anybody. I think you'll find it's just close <laughs> <laughs> I know where it's going to be I've got an idea I, I know where, I know that the um, I know the preferred site last December but I don't know if that's still the preferred site or if things have moved on but if it's if it's there it's not going to be far from anybody <laughs> and wherever it is it won't be far from anybody but we now have to prepare we have to prepare individually if there is anybody here that does not hold a temple recommend and bear in mind that our youth from age 12 <laughs> can hold temple recommends every member from age 12 can hold a temple recommend if you do not currently hold a temple recommend <coughs> please see your bishop next sunday You have a week. You need to pay your tithing. If you need to put aside pornography, if you need to stop smoking or stop drinking or whatever you need to do, see your bishop next Sunday and renew your temple recommend. Imagine, imagine if every member of this state held a temple recommend. So we'll do, buddy. We'll do, and uh, we'll see what happens. I love it. How the, first, the first thing he went to was pay your tithing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was sitting next to Sarah. She might be in the chat. We we could. It was like a. I don't think we could even conceal the eye rolling. <laughs> and and <laughs> what was that list? What did he say? So pay your tithing. Pornography. Pornography. Smoking. Smoking. Drinking. Drinking. You know. Um, what, about what about stop having yeah moral objections what about, to immoral yeah, what behavior? About not being a, an asshole, you know. What about? <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It, it's like 
There are far worse sins. If that's what it's really about, you know, it's like if, if you drink a cup of coffee, surely that's not as much of a problem. as Just, self, you know, I can be really, really selfish. Or, you know, all my the time that I was active no, no, in the no, church, no. I never, never drank tea or coffee. One um, cup of coffee, Julian, remember. Just one little cup of coffee. Do yeah, you remember I that talk? So your selfishness it's pales not... in comparison. Carry on. Yeah, but, but, but that's that's my point. It's like, again, yeah, this is supposed to be Jesus' church. And they just we just forget that. We just seem to forget that all the time. You know, he didn't give two hoots over whether someone was, was drinking tea or coffee. Um, you know, he, he really didn't. I don't, you know, I don't think he... so. I think he cared about problems with money being mismanaged. He cared about yeah. people's money being taken off them unfairly. Um, do, you know what question... else he, do you know what else he had a problem with? Yeah. Appearance. Yeah, pe- mm. people yeah. doing yeah. things for appearance. We'll talk about that in a bit as well, hopefully. We'll get to appearance. We've just got the question, yeah. what does it mean if LDS chapels are in decline but temples are on the rise? Yeah, they're selling off chapels yet building more temples. It's because Russell M. Nelson is trying to leave Gordon B. Hinckley in the dust because yeah. he shouted at him in conference. Mm. Yeah, that's it. But no, Julian makes a great point about how the priorities of this are all skewed. They're all totally skewed. And it, none of this was about how can the temple bless you? None of this was like, we're bringing you a temple. We're changing your boundaries. How is any of this going to help you? It's all about, right, we did this for you and now you better live up to it. It's like, yeah. what have you done for me? Apart from force me to travel further to go to the endless meetings and possibly take me away from friends and family that I enjoyed coming together with and they were some of the things that were keeping me in the church. What have you done? James. Hang on, you're being you're being very negative there, Nemo. Sorry. I think you're forgetting that this is the culmination of fifty years Apologies, of hard work. Yeah, yeah this is, is what right. this is a what Litchfield Stake were working for this for fifty years. Blessing. This was yeah. the outcome all along, Jane. I do you know what, Julian? You're absolutely right. Um, I, positivity is a really important thing for me. Really important. Um, and I try to be as positive as possible. But when something is really wrong, then we have to speak out, which is what we sort of collectively do, not only for ourselves, but we amplify the voices Mm. of hundreds and hundreds of people. These these people that we're looking at on the screen, our our audience know them. We we know them. They are well, and their families are well-loved people in the British Isles. And yet... When I um, have to speak to my wonderful, amazing, tuned-in bishop and state president, I have a temple recommend that when I have to explain the tone of which I'm speaking out about the church, it feels like we have this, the temple, the temple recommend held in front of us like a dangling carrot. Remember, um, you know, remember how a temple recommend holder is supposed to conduct themselves. Remember your temple and down. You're supposed to conduct yourself in a certain way. Even if you um, can answer all of those questions, even if you are an upstanding member of the church who, who follows all the rules, if you say what the problems are, there is this imbalance of power. You can hold the temple over our heads and you can dangle it like a carrot. 
that was one of the reasons why I handed my Tempo recommend back earlier this year, because I don't think it's fair to me or to those leaders who are speaking to me um, to have that kind of power imbalance. I, I think if I'm going to be honest, it should be because I've made a commitment to be honest to you and not because you have this, you have this ability to sign something that's going to let me let let me enter a sacred space. Go across the border to Wales where the community of Christ will let you into Dunfield House for free. That's what a sacred space is. Um I I resent the the power imbalance that happens when we when we have to do that from even faithful people. Um and when a lack of being able to answer those temple recommend questions, if it's if it's coffee drinking, if it's smoking if it's having a drink, we're not mentioning rampant child abuse. We are not mentioning domestic abuse. We're not mentioning any of those things that actually would be a moral failing in a person that would prevent you from possibly coming into the presence of God. And I say possibly. I Yeah, I'm going to leave that. No, well Infinity said. fraud. <laughs> well said. You know, there's, there's just so many yeah i mean it's just that the, the, as someone commented quoting my own podcast so well done um that um as we often discuss that the temple recommend questions don't share the same priorities of jesus you know yeah. as, as we said in a nutshell and there's so many sort of big problems in high density mormon areas there's another uh, affinity fraud ponzi scheme where they they brought the people in um in researching my uh next episode for my podcast i was looking at the fbi website and what they say about utah um utah is the capital of affinity fraud in america so they have a special office of the fbi there to to chase it and they are blunt they absolutely say it's mormon culture that leads to this People are trained to not be questioning and cynical and cautious and to trust that make major life decisions based on feelings and trusting someone in a suit who sounds sincere. Um, and that it's just the, the religion and its culture has and the, how these GAs manipulate people. Everything we just saw there. I mean, Toby's a cuddly. He's adorable, isn't he? Isn't he cute? And all these people, they're not evil. But they're part of this culture of how you manipulate and patronize people yeah. and lie to their faces casually and spin. And it's it's and, you know, that is what they should be accountable for in a temple recommend interview. If he's going to pontificate to other people about being worthy of being an yes. avatar of Jesus, he needs to start by repenting of his manipulation of his affinity fraud religiously as well as financially going straight. The first thing on his list is give me your money. Um, mm -hmm. That's affinity fraud uh, in particularly bear in mind everything Jesus taught 